0: Before I start the first full episode of the Financial Crime Weekly podcast for 2023, just the usual word of thanks to Sora Shimazaki at Pexels, who took the photograph which adorns the cover art. Let's crack on with it. Hello and welcome to the Financial Crime Weekly podcast. I'm your host, Chris Kirkbride. The world of financial crime continues to have a gentle movement into 2023. Nevertheless, some interesting stories this week concerning Abramovich, or Roman Abramovich, however you want to pronounce it, the sanctioned Russian oligarch, some interesting fraud news, especially in light of last week's story about the possible removal of cyber insurance, and we end with a good range of money laundering stories from around the world, so let's get on with it. There are links to the principal documents, though not many of them, which are mentioned in the podcast, in the description. We'll start this week with sanctions. Sanctions news becomes less and less prominent, but still news does manage to pop up. This week, the US Department of the Treasury's Office of Foreign Assets Control, OFAC, has announced new sanctions against those concerned in the manufacture of drones, which are being used by Russia against civilian targets in Ukraine. The sanctions target six executives of Iran's CODS Aviation Industries, which also goes by the name of Light Airplanes Design and Manufacturing Industries. The link to the US Treasury Office of Foreign Assets Control press release is in the podcast description. The other sanctioned story this week relates to the Russian oligarch and former owner of Chelsea football club Roman Abramovich. It's reported through various agencies, and. The work of the outstanding frankly outstanding organized crime and corruption reporting project the OCCRP which i could certainly recommend to you pop along and have a look at its website that Abramovich has at least 10 more yachts and other vessels beyond those which are already known the vessels are owned as might be expected through various offshore companies and trust corporations in addition The Guardian newspaper in the United Kingdom reports that trust funds worth billions of dollars, previously beneficially owned by Abramovich, were amended before the imposition of individual sanctions on Abramovich to the benefit of his children. If this was happening, I cannot imagine that Abramovich was the only one doing it. Links to the stories concerning his vessels and The story relating to the movements in the trust fund from both Forbes and The Guardian are in the podcast description. That's it for sanctions. Now we turn to consider fraud. Now we start this week with a hark back to last week and the claim that some cyber insurance cover could be withdrawn. Well, the problems for those subject to cyber attacks just get worse this week, with the suggestion that public entities which issue bonds could receive a downgrade on their credit rating. This story comes hot on the heels of cyber on hospitals and schools, which are increasingly seen as easy targets because of budget constraints, and their focus, not unreasonably, being elsewhere. The report from the credit rating agency Standard & Poor's, which you'll know about, is yet a further reminder of the risks associated with cyber and how the traditional financial services sector is becoming increasingly jittery about cyber and its impact. Allied to this is a report out of Italy which indicates that cyber attacks in the country have increased 138% since the invasion of Ukraine this is interesting and quite firm statistical data but the sheer volume of stories indicating an uptick in cyber attacks since the russian invasion of ukraine has been remarkable i mean the number of stories the sheer volume that i've had to ignore for the financial crime weekly every week is just remarkable so this story comes as no surprise but it's an interesting bit of official statistical data from italy Now, back to the story of Sam Bankman-Fried, the FTX founder, and his trial for fraud and money laundering. Bankman-Fried this week pleaded not guilty, and the trial date has been set for the 2nd of October this year. Well, beyond all that, the US authorities are continuing to circle Bankman-Fried's inner circle to see what more can be squeezed from the collapse of the exchange. The reports this week... Are that scrutiny has shifted to Nishad Singh and associated bank uh, an associate bankman freed. Showing interest in Singh are Manhattan federal prosecutors, the Securities and Exchange Commission, and the Commodities Futures Trading Commission. Nothing is alleged at this point, and the investigation continues. Now we end this week with a roundup of some stories on money laundering. Decent range of stories this week on money laundering, a bit of an uptick from previous weeks where there hasn't really been much. We'll start with Malta, where the Financial Intelligence Analysis Unit has fined ECCM bank €310,000 for breaches of anti-money laundering regulations. The sanction indicates that risk ratings uh, undertaken by the bank did not consider all the risk factors which could be associated with customers, and that it failed to undertake periodic reviews of the money laundering risks posed by existing customers. To Denmark now, where police have arrested 135 people in an operation concerned with fraud committed against the elderly. Though those arrested are not directly connected with the fraud, it is believed that they are the mules who allowed the fraudsters to use their bank accounts in order to launder the proceeds of the crime. Further investigations continue against others who could not be located on the day of the arrests. We'll stick with Denmark and the Danish bank Dansk Bank, which now this is a story we've mentioned previously on the Financial Crime Weekly Podcast, which this week has had a guilty plea accepted to bank fraud conspiracy in the US and agreed to pay more than two billion dollars to bring to a close investigation into its Estonian branch. The $2 billion payout was split three ways between payments to the U.S. government, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, and a criminal fine which was levied by the Danish authorities. Sticking with the United States, and the New York State Department of Financial Services has announced a $100 million settlement with cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase, The investigation relates to failures in the company's anti-money laundering programme, including especially its Know Your Customers, KYC, and Customer Due Diligence, CDD, uh, processes. In addition to that, there were issues identified with its transaction monitoring system and its suspicious activity reporting. Finally this week, an interesting story relating to the former Italian footballer Francesco Totti. The allegation is that Totti has become concerned in certain suspicious transactions on his bank accounts. Now, the allegations have been denied by Totti's representatives, and this story has been taken by press around the world because of the notoriety of Totti and his infamy as a footballer, both in italy and for the italian national team so it's well worth having a look at the story and what the allegations are around it that's it for this week's mercifully short financial crime weekly podcast the first full week of 2023 passes with a reasonably interesting range of stories If you want to keep following me in 2023, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you'll hear from me again, all being very well, next Sunday with the usual roundup of all things financial crime. See you next week, everyone.